Hello everybody, this is another edition of the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. Uh, we're your hosts, I'm Val Hughes, get it? And I'm Vern Value. And we're here to uh, basically look at the May 12, 2006 Value Line Investment Survey and they have about a hundred stocks in here. We try to pick out five or six or ten or what have you that we like. And uh, we're value guys, so we're looking for attractive stocks at good prices. And, uh, you know, what a week. I mean, uh, the S&P was down. I think it's worst week in six months. Uh, today, uh, oil's down. Commodities are down. Should you buy gold? Should you not buy gold? Uh, inflation's ticking up. The Fed doesn't know what they're doing. It's a confusing week. Uh, we're just looking at stocks, ladies and gentlemen. You can spend a lot of time, you know, spinning how the world's going to turn out. The dollar up or down, I don't know. I mean, we look for companies that make money, uh, good markets, bad markets. Actually, if uh, if we do get a slowdown, I think good companies are apt to gain share. So we're excited to be good, you know, picking good stocks. And um, we're going to start out today with Vern, uh, but I just want you to stick around. We're going to be talking... Uh, uh, at the back half of the show about uh, Advance Auto, Nordstrom. They do a big thing on retail this week, and we're going to, that's an area that uh, uh, Val has covered. Uh, West Marine is interesting, Coldwater Creek, Williams Sonoma, Target, Dollar General. So stick around for that. But right now, I'd like to introduce my uh, colleague in uh, uh, being underground uh, Wall Street analyst, Vern Value. I was a little worried that you weren't going to incorporate that into your. Uh opening remarks. Well, the, I the almost... The concept of being uh, underground and... Uh, I didn't know what to say. I kind of... The market's been so tough this week. Well, I lost... I forgot about the, how my the show concern, opens. My concern is the listener, and I don't want them confused. They might think there's really a guy named Vern Value, and they're thinking, wow, well, tell what, them about what us. cruel I forgot parents. To. Um, but, um, you know, we're, uh, we're uh, working Wall Street professionals, and uh, we've, assumed, right. uh, uh, we've assumed... Secret identities, so that we can bring you honest opinions about stocks, without having to worry about uh, um, conflicts at work. And uh, we want to make sure you understand that we just do this because we enjoy it. And uh, on weekends, as a hobby, right? Basically, so yeah. uh, um, we take no responsibility for anything you might do based on our advice. But that said, we're trying to pick good stocks, and I thought Val was an eloquent spokesperson for um, what we're trying to accomplish here uh, on the Value Line Observer. Well, thank you. You know, I got a little carried away just by the market's been tough. There's a lot of good businesses out there. Let's find them. But, you know, yeah, we're well, professionals. Okay, Vern Value. Um, I'm going to start with, uh, I, I picked a couple out of their uh, retail, what do they call it? The retail store industry, I think? or uh, Special uh, no, Lines. Special Lines, yeah. retail Special Lines. Uh, and it's the, the pet companies, PetSmart and Petco Animal Sup, what is it? Animal Supplies. Um, and uh, I think this is very interesting because uh, um, I don't think I'm risking too much in terms of my identity if I reveal that I am a pet owner. Uh-oh. Uh, and, <laughs> so I, I think I know a little bit about uh, this environment. I've been, in, uh, I've been a customer of both, uh, both businesses, so I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with them. Hadn't really looked at the financials before. Very interesting. I, I think I had this idea in my mind that uh, because they're – um, you know, the, the survivors in trying to build a new uh, um, mass category in uh, mass retail that uh, maybe they'd uh, whittled profits down to nothing. And I was interested to find out that they're both pretty profitable businesses. Uh, PetSmart's clearly the higher, uh, higher quality one. Uh, ValueLine, um, what, has raised their opinion of these in the last, uh, well, since the first of the year. 
but they're a three on PetSmart and a four on Petco. And I think that's too bearish. I think people ought to be looking at these. PetSmart, I get nervous when, when Walmart can just, you know, put the category at uh, below profit, well, you know, when, price. Well, uh, when Walmart starts allowing uh, customers to bring their pets inside the Walmart to do their shopping for their pet goods. Do they have a spot um, for them to just wait outside? Do they have a, <laughs> at, a pet? Does Walmart yeah. have a, a, a place like where you... a pet you, sitting area where, where they could just wait for it. <laughs> a waiting area for the pets. <laughs> With I don't a, a television playing, you know, right. appropriate dog movies. Anyway, or, no one cares about what uh, I think anyway. about um, Okay. This, uh, this stock's at a slight premium to the market on a PE basis, but it's less than 10 times value lines cash flow multiple, which, as you all know, is something that... Uh, 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 Val and I uh, look for consistently. I don't know exactly what the history of the company is here, but there was a period of low growth and kind of spotty returns in the late 90s heading into 2000. I'm going to guess that these guys got ahead of themselves in terms of uh, how fast they were expanding. But uh, since uh, bottoming out in 2000, basically, um, the, the numbers really have just been going straight up and getting uh, really... Uh, better because uh, one of the things that's been happening is profitability has been improving. Uh, PetSmart's the nation's largest specialty retailer of pet food supplies and services with a bunch of superstores ranging from 19 to 27,000 square feet. We'll talk about that again. Uh, they operate 32 pets hotels, boarding for dogs and cats, so kennel. Yeah. Um, 24 hour supervision and day camps. Well, Walmart's and, not doing and, that. And, and, and according to Value Line, all of the pets hotels have the day camp. And I don't know what that is, but a, a doggy like a day camp sounds like a great time. So I might, I might go check that out. Um, it, according to Value Line, you know, they're going to have another good year, uh, continued growth in their services area. Now, I. I didn't yeah, even know they were doing that. I think there's an interesting, uh, interesting. Uh, I think there's an interesting demographics idea here in these pet uh, products retailers. Uh, the idea that uh, as uh, people have more discretionary income, as they age, have more discretionary income, and at the margin, more need for companionship, they're going to be more hmm. and more interested to uh, in having pets. Um, yet we live in a society where people are less and less interested in getting their hands dirty. Um, and PetSmart provide. I mean, you can take your dog or cat there daily and get them washed and groomed or whatever you'd like. Um, it turns out they operate camps. I had no idea. Um, kennels, um, that's, the, that's what's driving the business right now. Um, you know, Value Line's talking about 20% a year. Over the next couple of years, they think apparently with some visibility, I guess the growth rate over the last five years in that section or in that uh, part of the business has been more than 25%. A little frustrating to me. Value line usually gives you everything you need to know on one page on a stock, but uh, no indication here of what proportion of the company is this services Which business. Which is probably pretty important, but uh, I'm going to bet um, you know maybe 10 to 20% of the total. So. It's got to be a small piece, but nevertheless, they do have they have 32 kennels versus 825 stores. So, um, I mean, even it's just it's three percent of the total on that basis. So, if they're bigger and they generate more uh, revenue I, and they're growing faster, it looks very interesting. Um, you know, Value Line's got it rated a three, but I noticed the earnings comparisons just turned positive last quarter and are expected to be fairly modestly better over the next couple. And my guess is that uh, their system doesn't think there's enough momentum in the stock and there's enough going on in terms of the comparisons to warrant a higher rating. I'm looking at essentially no net debt, 
Return on capital in the mid-teens, like 14 15%. And rising with this uh, service. It has been rising. This gross margin, by according to uh, Value Line, I mean, it's been running 32 33 now 35 going to go to 37%, but they don't have return on capital rising. I don't, um, I, I, you know, you're really going to need that much capital to uh, build kennels and uh, whatever else you need to support this service initiative. I don't know. I think this looks very interesting. Yeah. The stock's 27 bucks. It's traded at 36 at the high each of the last two years. So it's traded significantly higher. Um, the valuation doesn't scream by to me. Um, the stock has also traded as low as 21 in the last 12 months. So uh, maybe you look at it for it on a pullback. I think you could buy it now. I think you could buy it with Petco that they rate for lower quality discount to a market PE at 16 times. Um, capital structure explains a little bit of it. There's a little debt value lines, a little excited about the category. I think it is kind of interesting. This is one of these obvious examples where the analyst doesn't really agree with the rating system. I'll show that to you in a second. But value, the uh, analyst also talks about a, a repurchase program and they've put some repurchases in their model uh, to help drive earnings per share growth. But, Look, they're, uh, they're adding and building stores, too. Um, and they have a major uh, refinancing they're getting ready to do in November of this year. And Value Line here, again, you know, they point out they're going to pay down some high coupon debt, but then it, which will reduce annual interest expense by almost $10 million. But then they go on to say that they'll have to refund some of that. And sure, they can't, they can't buy back stock, fund expansion, and uh, refinance this high coupon debt at 105 plus percent of par, um, you know, without without maintaining some debt in the capital structure, so a little riskier situation. Still shows uh, the same kind of 10 percent top line growth, uh, lower cash flow multiple here as well, something like seven times. I see higher gross margin. I see lower um, operating margin, net margin here. So I, apparently not as uh, efficient an operator. I think I know why. According to Value Line, they operate smaller stores. Typical store, 15,000 square feet. You recall the PetSmart was what, 19 to 27. So, um, I, you know, maybe uh, maybe hmm. a, a position split between the two. I really would like to be buying some PetSmart and look for an opportunity to buy. I'd more love to know the down. stats on, you know, whether um, o older uh, folks who want pets can afford pets, given what goes on in in um, you know prices for medicines well and I, I think and, that's I, I and think housing and rents and taxes those are, those are excellent points but uh, my experience has been with older people who have had pets and I know of several situations where uh, really pets uh, replace children uh, at a point when uh, people are in increasing need of companionship and they are likely to give up make uh, big big personal sacrifices. Uh, to buy a you know a two dollar cat toy or whatever it might be. Uh, look, I'm going to move on. Demographics we're talking about there. One of our favorite themes. Uh, Val's very eloquent on the subject. Um, I've got another one here. NBTY is the Thank name of the you, company. Bert. The uh, symbol is NTY. <laughs> now you got me. What happened? Who has NBTY? <laughs> they used the, to have NBTY. This is the name of the company. So I don't know what's going on here. I have no idea what it stands for. You've got to remember the name of the company is NBTY. But don't confuse it with the ticker symbol, which is only NTY. What happened to the B? The no, B's no, we have a bunch of missing. stocks like that. There's a whole category of, you know, <laughs> why isn't the ticker symbol X? You know. Um, so I look at this, and I, you know, what have I got here? Um, it is a global manufacturer and marketer of a broad line of value-priced nutritional supplements. Yeah. Okay. Stores, 46 percent. Wholesale, 43 percent. And uh, 
some kind of direct business, 11%. They operate Vitamin World stores. I'm not familiar with them. Oh, yeah. Uh, they have some European business. It's a third of sales. So been a lot of acquisitions. Uh, Rexall Sundown, I think, really uh, stepped them up to a new league. They did that in 2003. Um, well, those two firms at one time were harsh competitors, and they joined up. And is they, that what happened? The yeah. stock here, well, then you know, you probably ought to be well, talking about Rexall this. Well, got bought by a German pharmaceutical company yeah. at a very terrific valuation if you happen to be the seller. And then uh, NBTY managed to buy it at about a third, I think, or, or, or so of the uh, original uh, sale value uh, a few years later. Ah, no kidding. So they, they, they should <clears throat> have an opportunity to uh, get decent pricing, I would think. But okay. on the other hand, I just throw into the mix... Um, a few, maybe a month or two ago, Barron's ran an article, an insert on, you know, whether vitamins, uh, you know, really actually do anything. Doing, uh, yeah. Interesting. I mean, it was an interesting, you know, yeah. water on the face of the boomers who are taking vitamins to live longer. Um, that might not be the answer. So, so it's at a discount to the market, okay, which is, um, um, I would suggest to you uh, um, something that, you know, I, there's a there's a, a demographic argument here. I think it support a stronger valuation. Let's put it that way. Ten to eleven times cash flow. Um, there's a, a spotty return on capital history here, kind of up and down. I think that probably has to do with the substantial acquisition activity. So been very volatile. Um, operating margins historically ran in the uh, north of 15%. Recently dipped down to 12 level. Value line doesn't have them going up beyond that. Um, 12 and a half in 07. They say 15 longer term, but I'm going to bet that uh, given how volatile operations have been here historically, that maybe they could bounce back a little faster than that. Maybe there's some short-term issues that could be relieved. Ah, well, guess what? That's what Value Line's entire little write-up is about. Oh, good. Number of problems over the past year. Um, they talk about the media having little constraint on what it publishes on dietary supplements, even if the stories are based on little evidence. Now, maybe that's a little editorializing, but uh, interesting point there. Says well, that's this true. has always been a fact of life for the company. The FDA doesn't have a, they don't control the area, so you have you know a lot of leeway in what you say in these. Uh, so guess what? And especially according to Value Line, especially bad instance early in fiscal 2005, <clears throat> and that's when uh, I guess. What? You see the stock, oh, about where it is now. Except it did trade eventually later in 2005 at a lower level. But, um, you know, it looks like it's already been uh, uh, punished for this. Um, and Value Line goes on to say that uh, they've gotten past the, they've anniversaried some negative vitamin E thing. Um, the December quarter sales comparisons were the strongest in some time. I love how precise this is. I mean, would it really have hurt the Value Line analysts to say two years or six quarters or three weeks yeah. or whatever? Uh, but they say they expect the pattern to continue. Trend is up. Um, and um, they have a significant mail order and online business, which is part of their description. So that helps preserve market share with you know channels kind of changing. Um, Value Line, I thought this was interesting, says they're willing to close stores and discontinue products that are not providing adequate returns. Patient, That's nice to Patient know. investors should take a look. So here's one where Value Line, I think, you know, the analyst likes this actually, but Value well, Line system doesn't like. So maybe you got to wait. There is execution risk here. But, I do uh, know these guys are very low cost uh, producers and vitamins traditionally have uh, provided a pretty good margin, but well, you know, they I, are at the whim a little bit of the but, chemical providers. Well, I give you that too, but look, we, we like to talk about brands, right? And these people own, they own GNC as well. They have yep. uh, In Europe, they have something called Nature's Way. Isn't that a great name? 
Um, they basically control a channel where you sell little things in a jar to make you healthier. And I'd suggest that there's going to be only more and more demand for that. The ingredients inside the jar may need to be organic or be blessed by uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. But um, Look, I'm going to move on to the last one here. It's the most interesting pure value idea that we've got here. Um, this one may take some patience, but it's also the kind of thing that uh, if it gets discovered at, uh, by the right group of investors, uh, you could add a lot of Lots of the price of a short period of time, I think. Radio Shack, symbol RSH, 2.3 billion market cap now. Uh, Lord knows what it was when the stock traded at 72. The stock's 17. Well, at first now. it was called Tandy, then, by the way. Well, all right, yeah. fine. So they changed the name. It's, like it's like a market multiple now, but <laughs> the earn let's see, on what earnings? Well, it, I can look at the last from uh, 98 through 2005. Return on capital did not go below 20%. And value lines, those six and 07 estimates, are using a return on capital of 13%. Well, did they sell something or no. buy something? Well, What's going uh, no, on? no, they didn't. Write something on um, And I'm looking at eight and a half yep. times the cash flow number that value line's using that would also be driven by that return on capital number. And it looks like Radio Shack or Tandy or whatever it was called, 2002 was uh, trade as high as 18 times cash flow, 14 times as recently as 04. Um, okay, so what's going on here? Um, Do tell. <laughs> uh, I love this. It says um, the electronic retail, well, Radio Shack, of course, chain of consumer electronic stores, right? Um, and they also have gotten into the uh, the business of selling cell phones and uh, satellite television and, and products like that. Um, 7,400 locations, okay? Um, what do we say here? Stock's been sliding for the last year. Poor operating performance, shrinking margins, tough transition in the wireless unit, management changes. Okay, and then what does uh, what does my dear friend at uh, uh, Value Line say? Um, until there's evidence the business is getting back on track, Wall Street may well continue to penalize Radio Shack stock. Well, folks. I don't think Wall Street is responsible for poor operating performance, shrinking margins, a, a tough transition in the wireless unit, or the, maybe the management changes because they botched all this other stuff. Um, but I, I'm looking at a stock that is down hard, um, you know, traded. It's down 50% from the high of 2005. Uh, what's happened here? You may have read about some of this stuff. The CEO turned out didn't have the education that said his, his resume said he did. Uh, COO has apparently taken over. Chairman quit in May. Um, turnaround strategy being implemented. Benefits maybe not till next well, year. Well, there's a long storied history to Radio Shack and Tandy, which has roots. You know, Pier One has roots in that. Uh, Cost Plus has roots. They spun out a bunch of other stuff. Over many, many years, this has been a great, you know, American retailer, but they've uh, lost gonna, their way a little gonna bit. They're going to close 400 to 700 underperforming you know, stores. They, the Internet has hurt them because they can't, as much inventory as they keep on all these little products that they have in there, they cannot keep as many products in stock as the Internet can keep in stock. So that's about that's five, to, 5 to 10%. Okay, fair enough. Um, the convenience is great, though, because of the location. Well, I mean, they make a lot of the, the biggest margin products are like batteries, things around the counter. Well, and the thing that uh, I haven't seen them do enough of is uh, they, they have some very interesting, periodically, especially around the holiday seasons, uh, uh, what look to be high margin, electronic oriented uh, fad products, uh, games, uh, toys, and the like. Uh, in any event, um, 
they they go on to here. The value line analyst goes on to point out that uh, the switch in uh, wireless uh, providers that they're offering in their store, I gather, is somehow going to double the number of potential sign-ons. Um, and so you've had this tough transition. Okay, uh, value line also talks about restructuring charges. Now I know why the return on capital plunges, because value lines put these you know 55 to 100 million restructuring charges into their estimates for the company. Well, that's fine. Of course, we want to know what the earnings are going to be. But guess what? Wall Street, that's been punishing the stock, is going to look right through those charges as soon as there's evidence of some traction of any of the changes under new management. And that's why this thing could take off in a real hurry, especially given how ugly the charges. Well, did they was. take the charges out of capital, or did they just take it out of earnings? It doesn't look like they took it out of capital. You can't just take it out of earnings. That's not a fair uh, treatment. No, I think I, I'm not so sure that they didn't here. I've got a dollar a share. I've got 135 million shares, and I've got uh, share equity going up by less than 135 million. So okay, I, I think it's I think it's all clean. All right. Um, I, you know, I'm, there's some leverage here. Forty-six percent of the capital structure, but they got over 200 million in cash on the balance sheet. Uh, the value line analyst is looking for, you know, modestly positive top line comparisons. I, it, I'm not saying that this thing is turning around right away, but it looks awfully cheap. So that's uh, a four stocks here from Vern this week. Um, three of them demographic play. One, uh, I guess, a turnaround. But uh, Value Lane, by the way, had Radio Shack at a five. Uh, now I'm going to turn over to my uh, cohort in uh, uh, white collar crime, uh, Val Hughes. Thank you very much. Uh, we like to do a beverage break at this time. It's late in the show. Burns. Uh, here, Burns run on a little bit this week, frankly. Oh, sorry about that. Well, you participated. Yeah, I did a little bit. Okay. So I'm going to be brief because I wanted to talk about a lot today. Um, they did some retail sectors, and uh, you know everybody's worried about a recession, oil prices going up, uh, interest rates going up. You know the thing that I think is worth keeping in mind with regard to the stock market is that we live in a world now where the baby boomers have more wealth than any group ever in the history of the world, and when interest rates go up... And that would be yeah, the relevant history. That's right. I think other planets aren't going to be included in that. There's probably other planets that were different. But, uh, you know, we now have money market funds, which we didn't have, you know, three recessions ago we didn't have. So maybe in some old economist's mind they forget we have this. But when interest rates go up, because inflation's going up, there's people that have net positive cash that participate in that. And right now, uh, not only do you have a lot of retirees and soon-to-be retirees and baby boomers in the peak earnings years of their careers uh, who are net cash positive and will benefit from higher interest rates, but because you have most of the things you need when the prices of certain things start rising, you don't have to buy them. And that's different than when the boomers were young and buying their first car, their first house, uh, you know, that they had to buy things at that time due to their life cycle. Now it's a, mostly a replacement decision. And so inflation <clears throat> can quickly be dampered by lack of demand. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, we're starting to see a little bit of that in play here when you have commodities that don't actually create wealth in any way or create anything. Gold doesn't create anything. Um, you know, uh, some of the speculators are getting a little concerned that maybe businesses that uh, create things, uh, you know, are worth a look in here. So um, with that in mind, I'd suggest that retail, uh, as baby boomers move into their peak wealth years, 
the retailers they've grown up with are going to be the beneficiary of the spending that they're going to want to use into the twilight of their lives. Or, you know, let me just speak for myself, you know. Uh, first, we've got Advanced Auto Parts, ticker AAP. Uh, this is on page 1668. You know, uh, they, you know, sell car parts and uh, people drive cars. Cars per capita, miles per car go up pretty much every year since cars were first introduced uh, into our nation. And, you know, when gas prices spike up, you get a little respite in that. But um, uh, people continue to drive their cars. Real estate prices are driving people farther away from where they, you know, work. Mass transit's still a, you know, train wreck, excuse me, here. <laughs> so cars are going to be important. These guys, um, you know, help you fix your car. Their returns on capital are very high, upper teens and growing as they uh, add stores in higher ROI locations. Uh, their comps right now are running very high. They're running six and nine. They're number two in the industry. AutoZone's the leader. Uh, they're probably one or two multiple points cheaper. This is nine times cash flow. AutoZone might be seven. But uh, what these guys have is uh, they have some growth. AutoZone is a little bit more ROI-centric uh, and actually has higher ROI. But as a result, very few investment opportunities really look interesting to the AutoZone management, so they don't grow because nothing looks as good as what they have. Now, AutoZone has bought back shares into negative equity, so, you know, some people don't like that. Advance Auto is growing the other side of their income statement. Instead of shrinking shares, they're adding stores. It's working very well. You get a nice buying opportunity here because of the surge in gas prices, which will abate eventually. Uh, and ultimately, people are going to have to fix their cars. There's 30% uh, debt to cap, which doesn't alarm me. The next four earnings comparisons are going to be pretty good. And, uh, you know... And rising market hasn't, yeah, hasn't been going anywhere. It's down uh, from the peak. It's uh, a what 20 percent discount to the market. It's at uh, 38 bucks, down from a high of 48 last year. Advanced auto. Well, uh, the thing you have working for you in the short term is that uh, finally, after a, a long period of stagnation, uh, um, household income or uh, wages and income are rising finally at a faster rate. Reflecting the you know lower unemployment rates. Well, uh, unemployment at uh, I think record lows, and you know the take up of employees into the economy I think was blunted by a lot of productivity gains that came from the internet. You didn't need to hire that next clerk, uh, you know, when people were filling out their own forms. But anyway, uh, that's starting to pick up. People have wealth; they're going to spend that at the brands they know. That brings me to Nordstrom. JWN, uh, which is the initials of the founder. This is one of America's great retailers. They're one of actually the last independent department stores now that Federated has basically brought up all the brands in the country. Uh, you know, and they're the kind of department store that you you know used to see in the old movies where you come in, they good you know good morning, Mr. Phelps, can I get something for you? They're very service oriented. Uh, they have, I think, the best service in the business, and they they still generate you know mid to upper twenties returns on equity, they have very little debt, so their return on capital is over 20% in a, what's a very wow. competitive market. The reason it is is because they have so much service, just what you're talking about in uh, PetSmart. You know, you add service and people uh, have loyalty and that drives your returns because you get a little a little price. You know, this company's doing 40% gross margins and that's uh, pretty high for a retailer. They have 23% debt to cap. That doesn't include leases, but these guys always have great real estate. Uh, the stock is, you know, up a bit since last year, so I don't like that. But basically, earnings and the stock price are up kind of in sync over the last few years. And 
uh, you get into the slight discount to the S&P. So I'm a buyer in Nordstrom's. You get these periods where people are worried about the retail industry and the brands that are going to survive. Boomers have 30 years of buying ahead of them, ladies and gentlemen. So if this year is a recession year, uh, you know, don't worry. There's 29 years ahead of that that won't be. So uh, Nordstrom. Next, West. Uh, here's, a, here's a little bit offbeat one. I just came across this. West Marine, ticker WMAR. Oh, these are all rated threes and fours by Value Line, so uh, maybe you want to wait for them to go to a, go to a one on it. I don't know if you do or not. But anyway, uh, this is a four. Slavish. Uh, this stock has been crushed because, of course, they sell stuff for boaters, and we between the hurricanes, the uh, you know the what what else has been going on? The gasoline. I, I mean, Wood it, rot, it costs ten thousand dollars to fill up a you know a boat with a tank of gasoline. Well, and boats are uh, boats are largely made with uh, derivatives of petroleum products. So it's a nightmare the, for boating. Boats going up. It's a nightmare. But prices. you know, sometimes there's opportunity. This thing is ten times cash flow. They've lost their way. They're trying to do some new things in the stores, improve you know sales per foot. They're tinkering with some different smaller stores and better areas. And, you know, it's not lost on me that Land's End, which got bought for a billion dollars by Sears, uh, you know, what started out as a boat hardware company, although they had one location. These guys have uh, 300 locations. But uh, I'm not going to table pound this or anything, but West Marine's worth keeping an eye on. Uh, next, uh, I'm going to pass on that one. Here, uh, here's another one. William Sonoma, WSM. The whole home furnishings industry has really been crushed this year. No matter uh, high end, you know, Ethan Allen, William Sonoma, low end, Bombay, Pier One, everyone's, you know, tanked. And I, I'm not sure why, because uh, these, you know, public home furnishings retailers still only have about 30% market share in the space. And most examples of this type of consolidation, the leaders, public leaders end up with 60, 70% if you think about drug stores or supermarkets or things like that, hardware stores. So there's room to go, and yet the stocks are all down. Baby boomers are moving into the ages when they can easily buy these things as fashion items. So it's a little bit of a mystery, other than, you know, a lot of money goes into iPods, plasma TVs. There's been a technology cycle that sucked a lot of discretionary income out. So I don't know, but the uh, downturn in this area has again given you a chance to look at a just high quality retailer, William Sonoma, at a price you don't often see. Now it's a 20% premium to the market, but these guys generate great returns on capital. They uh, have a catalog that gives them great science on where to put the next store, uh, where to, you know, they can, they can do uh, uh, offshoots of existing categories. They can they really have a lot of flexibility because of the catalog and the data in the catalog. And I just contrast that with Coldwater Creek, ticker CWTR, that's also in this week's value line and rated 2. Sonoma's rated 3. Coldwater Creek is a great company. They, uh, you know, this stock chart is unbelievable. And they've done it by, you know, the same strategy that William Sonoma employs, which is use your database to drive where to put the stores, build new categories based on the data in your database. And, and yet here's Sonoma, which historically is better uh, over longer periods has generated high returns for a longer period, and yet it's half the multiple of Coldwater Creek. So that's an interesting trade. Um, moving along, um, let's see. This week we've got some trends in retail. Generally, the market is moving either at the high end to uh, loyalty to brands uh, for things you want, and at the other end, loyalty to good value and price for the things you need. Uh, Target is uh, TGT, rated 3 by value line. You know, Target's a great company. This is the old Dayton Hudson 
uh, which basically invented the department store industry and how to run the department store industry. They dropped their department stores because Target, they used the same techniques that drove their good, you know, ability in the department store industry into the discount industry and basically uh, created kind of a high-end Walmart, you know, the old thing, Target and all. They really created this cachet. And, uh, and they, their advertising is brilliant. They're, they, 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 it's a wonderful store, but again, this thing is is a six percent discount to the market. They're going to get their share of business over time. They do value, of course, but you know they're also uh, getting into brands. They have the trust of the customer. They're in good locations. They've generated high returns on uh, equity, and I think that uh, you got a little opportunity here. It's about uh, it's under ten times cash flow, which draws my attention about. Uh, 15% of their operating profits are from credit, which if they run the credit business as well as they run their distribution, uh, should be a safe bet. I, they don't, Value Line doesn't have it here. You know, I want to know their bad debt expense, and I don't exactly see it on here. Um, but um, my, my suspicion is they run that very well. And uh, Value Line doesn't like it. Eight, nine times earnings, I'm a buyer. On the same theme, you know, uh, Dollar General, DG, uh, stocks down, 20% discount to the S&P. Katrina, gas prices have the market worried that lower-end consumers can't, you know, afford stuff in Dollar General. That's a primary target market for them. But, again, over time, uh, you can put off some things for a little while, but ultimately these guys are in competing with Walmart. They have uh, the same prices as Walmart. I've seen some of the studies. So they're, they're not uh, trying to beat Walmart on price. They're coming in at a price at Walmart. They're basically using a smaller store uh, closer in to the customer, and, you know, they have, I think, a, a great franchise that right now is a 20% discount. This company for years sold at 20% premiums. And, uh, again, the demographics, <clears throat> uh, you're going to have a lot of people. And just the sheer number of people, half of them will be under, you know, below average income, obviously, right? So those half are going to be uh, looking for good value. And increasingly, even higher income uh, consumers want a good bargain, and they're going to shop at Dollar General. It's cheaper than it's been in years. Uh, what else do I have here? Um, let's see. Uh, here's a great brand at a good price. I just want to make a, a mention. Timberland, Value Line has it rated 5. TBL, it trades at, uh, you know, right around 10 times next year's cash flow. It's been beat up on fashion issues with regard to boots, uh, some tariffs in Europe, but they're building a... Well, we a, all know fashion is permanent. Well, it's going to move <laughs> around, exactly. The bad news is in the stock. And uh, they're out, you know, doing some things with the model right now. They're creating more exclusivity for certain uh, flagship uh, styles that they have. They, they're, they're building a, a great base of retail. And uh, this tariff thing's going to roll over. Pricing's going to get better. They're going to get the cycle right. But importantly, you know, over many years, these guys have earned mid-20s returns on capital. They know how to deploy your money, ladies and gentlemen. And it trades at a, you know, 15% discount to the S&P. So... I'm a buyer of that. And uh, that's a lot of ideas this week, Vern. I think uh, a larger number than average. And I'm out of breath. That was <laughs> that was a lot here, of fun. Here, another refreshment. Uh, refreshment. Ow. i got to watch that. Mm -hmm. So uh, anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. Get it. And I'm Vern Value. Check out our website at uh, www.thevalueguys.com. And... Uh, Learn more about us there.